Like, how is it that marijuana is now legal, but haircuts are not? It took almost 50 years, but the hippies finally won. Hi America, hello world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. The spread of COVID-19 is based on two factors. One, how dense the population is, and two, how dense the population is. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world i love that have i mentioned that before anywhere in the world you've mentioned each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the Supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed, picks and pulls on her unconscious mind. Let's have a listen tonight to what she listened to before she went to bed. Prince Charming, Prince Charming, ridicule is nothing to be scared of. Don't you ever, don't you ever. No. No. Adam Jingle and the bells. Ants. Jingle bells? Mm-mm. Did you like Adam and the Ants? I love them. Prince Charming, Stand and Deliver, and Music. Do ants listen to it? I was always very jealous because he dated Amanda Donahoe back in the late 70s mm. and early 80s and had a huge crush on Amanda Donahoe. No idea. She, in later life, played the boss with Jim Carrey on the film Liar Liar. Do you remember when she kind of drags him yes. across the floor and then he says in the morning, well, I've had better. That was Amanda Donahoe. She looked better <laughs> in her youth, of course. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. Tell me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates. I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... Oh, that wasn't a very good one. My finger slipped. Let me go again. Two bells for the price of one. 
The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She's also a producer and sound engineer. Heather surveyed 100 men this week and asked them what shampoo they used when showering. 98 of them said, how did you get in here? Welcome <laughs> to the show, Heather. That's true. Having a good week? <laughs> I am now. You are. You liked that one, didn't you, Michelle? <laughs> I did. Singing in the shower is all well and good until you get shampoo in your mouth and then it becomes a soap opera. No. Mm-mm. I also wish to introduce... The man crazy! Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle realised this week that careful, there's a poop on the dance floor was how ballet was invented. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Michelle. Thank you. I played soccer against the local ballet school and it ended up what? What was the score? No idea. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, jokes lower than my arabesque. They're mad, they're bad, and they are paranormal. This is season four, brand new Sparkly, still with the wrapper on, episode two. Number two. <laughs> yes, it's a big show. It's going to be a large number two. Great. Fabulous. We have a listening party. It would be a miss of me to not mention this, but at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, you have to go to the digistreamglobal.com network page. If you go to Digistream, D-I-G-I Stream, or one word, digistreamglobal.com, and all the links are on our Facebook, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. If you all start together at the same time, on 10 p.m. on the money, yeah, 10 p.m. Central Time, you can play along with the show because everyone goes onto our Facebook site, as previously mentioned, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, and you can answer the questions there's lots of duvality, lots of messages backwards and forwards, people playing along, trying to answer the questions and doing a better job than us here in the studio. But lots of people get enjoyment from that. We've had over five to 600 comments on there in the past during the what? course of an yeah. hour-long show. So if you wish to play along, I've given you a few moments to get onto Facebook right there, and you can do that. And we Should I get on there? Well... You could read them as they go along, I guess, but you need to focus on your questions, Miss <laughs> Morris. Why? 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 So, with a chasse and cambray, Martin sponsored gong of infinite knowledge, the wall mounted bar, and ill fitting types of statistics, and the nutcracker of facts, we have, as convention dictates, to usher in the first round of general ignorance, the gong of infinite knowledge. <gasps> Martin! I do want to give a big shout out to Marty. We mentioned his gong. I'm very I love impressive. Him. Yes. It is. Um, but he's been sponsoring the show for so many years now. Since the beginning. He is mentioned as part of the gongage. Um, <laughs> the gongage. Nice gongage, sir. Very nice. But uh, we don't nice. take you for granted. We appreciate <laughs> your sponsorship and everything you do for the show. So Thank a big you, shout Martin. out. And I know he's struggling up there in New York, like uh, so many people. He's penned in. In oh, that yeah. part of the world. 
So a big thank you and very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. On this very day. In 1859, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was born in Scotland. So a happy birthday to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sadly passed in 1930. Famous, of course, for his esoteric paranormal beliefs and for inventing Sherlock Holmes. So, for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that strange, bizarre and fascinating facts about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Feeling confident? Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes, Morris? What do you think? I'm thinking you are. Duh. Duh. He also believed in fairies, didn't he, and seances and all kinds of crazy things. Duh. Michelle, not a fan. Well, you're going to struggle here, but you have guessed very well in the past. Never mind, there'll be another set of questions coming very shortly. Doyle's first job was doing what? And he would have been all at sea. So what was his first job? The first job. Now, think about this. What was your first job, Miss Morris? What did you do first when you were growing up? When I was growing up? Well, first time you got money put in your hand. Oh, you worked in a dog kennel, didn't you? At one I point? did. Was that your first job? Yep. Clean the kennels. Clean the mm. kennels. Mm-hmm. What did you do, Michelle? I worked at the Dairy Queen. You worked at Dairy Queen. <laughs> Which I would have loved. Yeah. I love Dairy Queen. I can see how that would have worked. I got a job in the summer um, when I was at school working in a stationery and art shop in Fetter Lane, which is in London. Mm. So... Just stacking shelves. It was next to a croissant shop, so every That's morning... boring. The place... Well, it was boring, was it? Working in a stationery shop. Yeah. There's worse things to do. I remember a guy coming in and asking for sealing wax, and I said, you want to try a hardware shop? But he wanted the red wax that you seal letters with. I was only 16. What did I know? Was that for Puff the Magic Dragon? Um, Not quite. That was oh. on my lunch break. There you go. So That's Doyle's boring. first job was doing what? He was, what year was it, do you think? I would think if it was, if he was born in 1859, I think you want to be aiming around the 1880s. Straw baler. He was a straw baler. I gave you a clue originally, but you weren't paying attention, were you? I don't care. I said this would have left him all at sea. Uh Cockles. That's very (laughs) random. Cockles. I bet Michelle something to do with cockles and muscles. Cockles and muscles. For those of you that are American (laughs) and don't fully embrace the cockle, it's a clam. It's a very small clam. Cockles and muscles, that's all I got. When I was a kid and the tide would go out in Britain about a mile, France is getting our water at that moment, and then we get it back in twelve hours time. (laughs) You can walk out miles and miles into the mud and of course there's a thin layer of water on top as it's evaporating in the sun and you see little bubbles come up so you dig and you find a little cockle and you put it in your bag and at the end of the day you've spent hours searching for little cockles you've filled up a carrier bag full of them you take them home you boil them up to eat them and you've literally got a spoonful because it's all shell and it's just a little bit of meat and of course it takes up a lot of room you have got to fill a lot of bags of cockles to make it worth your while. Yep, cockles and mussels. He was looking for cockles and mussels. Yep. Michelle, what was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's first job? A merchant marine. Oh, that's Ooh. not a bad guess, actually. I will tell you that he actually trained to be a surgeon and was a doctor. His first job, Ooh. bearing in mind yours was Dairy Queen, 
Morris in the corner there watching the kennels. His first job was the medic on a whaling ship in the Arctic <gasps> oh, Circle. Oh, my word. Can you believe it? Let's go. He did surgery on a whale? A med... No. <laughs> be a bit rough wouldn't it where does it hurt <laughs> my hole oh lovely well stop touching it <laughs> leave it alone for five minutes he walked to the back of the whale and come back with an accent it was so far um his first job was a medic on a whaling ship he didn't work before then in the arctic circle i don't believe it what's hey. the arthur conan doyle in the 1870s could have been a newspaper boy dairy queen i think they'd take anyone i suspect <laughs> his parents had a few pounds in the bank and he was not required i'm Ugh. sure paperboy jobs didn't exist in the penny 1870s. loafer but there you go that's exactly what he did where there's a whale there's a way see what i did there i dated mm. a dolphin once and we just clicked oh god what's a porpoise <laughs> Lovely. oh that's terrible no points to be won unfortunately what did doyle introduce to switzerland during a short spell there back in the day he only spent a little time there but he did introduce this to switzerland and it's not syphilis if that helps mm. Mm. so Let he visited he visited well, he's from scotland mm-hmm. he visited switzerland was it popular very holes in cheese he invented holes in cheese <laughs> he started out low level by putting holes in donuts yeah so he's just a hole maker <laughs> i think a hole would go great there lovely what Glorious. if we had it a Glorious. few more oh for the love of christ yep. i know we're on the digistream platform and we can say and do whatever we want but madam that's outrageous <laughs> I like gonna... a hole there, please. Yes. Cheese is very expensive in Switzerland, so he's going to have to splash out on that if he wants it. <laughs> no. Just me. He made... Don't do the wind noise. <laughs> You've not got a promotion. That's my job. I'm the wind here. How dare you? The and wind. I'm the volume. Watch I've... yourself. I've got the bell and the wind. You're not demarcating uh-huh. my job and taking 50% of my skills away from me. Stop fiddling with the microphone. Oh. I'm just going to shout louder. <laughs> and all this is treading water because Miss Morris doesn't know the answer. What did he introduce to Switzerland? Holes in cheese. He introduced holes into cheese. He's... Ham and Swiss? You should see how he crimps his pies. Oh. Ham and Swiss. He invented ham and Swiss. Yep. <laughs> Sandwich. Lovely. Mm. Michelle, what did Sir Arthur Conan Doyle introduce to Switzerland during a short spell when he stayed there? How about a haggis? He introduced a haggis. He actually, this is remarkable, he actually popularised skiing. He introduced Switzerland to skiing. No. <laughs> Mountains, snow, I've got, a, I've got a good idea. He did, Great. he popularised Brought it from Scotland with him. Mm-hmm. Brought it to Switzerland. Now everybody's doing it. No. Mm-mm. Can't give the points away. This is 100% true. What's the best thing about Switzerland? Toblerone? Cheese? Cuckoo clock? Chocolate. Nazi gold? Chocolate. Yeah. I don't know, but their flag is a big plus. Oh. Now, no. Doyle was an amateur detective himself. Yeah. Miss Morris will love this. I will. And he studied the Jack the Ripper case. Oh. Very intensely. He went through all of the evidence. Yep. He obviously was a master surgeon and he studied medicine. And he wrote the Sherlock Holmes novels. I'd like you to tell me what his conclusion was. On what? Jack the Ripper. 
Yes. What did he think that was all about? That carry on. That carry on. He came to a conclusion that some might say would be controversial, perhaps. If you'd know of this, you would suddenly know the answer. If you knew this, you would know the answer. Oh. That he believes a local surgeon did it. He believed a local surgeon committed the Jack the Ripper murders. Correct. I think quite a lot of people would be led to believe that was the case. That wouldn't be controversial, would it? That would be with the norm. So you chew on that for a few minutes because you're going to spread your chips in a second. Exactly. Michelle. What was his conclusion? Was a member of the royal family. A member of the royal family. They did think that one of Victoria's children may have been... uh, Gallivanting it was like around. a duke, I think. Somebody like that. Or a Walter woman. Sicker, a woman. You think, after all of this study, he came to the conclusion that Jack the Ripper was a woman. Correct. Jackie. Why? Jane the Ripper. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> You're suggesting Jane the Ripper. Yes. Ridiculous and 100% true. Ooh. He actually thought quite seriously, having looked at the case and studied the case, and you know he's got a mind like a trap. He wrote the Sherlock Holmes novels. He believes it was a woman. Yep. He thinks she was a midwife. Yeah. And she could easily get away with wearing the bloody female clothes of the victims and would easily gain the women's trust and confidence. Correct. Why did she hate them so much? Because they were women. They were prostitutes. And they wanted sex. There's crazy <laughs> women out there. And crazy women with a religious right-wing fundamentalist And background. a knife would uh, get rid of the scourge of Whitechapel. Correct. Mm. So he, it makes me want to read all those cases again, now with that in mind. He Done was it. A, he was a clever man. I could, yes. I'd, I want to read all of his reports huh. on this and see how he came to that conclusion. The only thing I would add to that, seeing that my family's from Whitechapel... Do and I actually, get points or what? Well, hang on, madam. <laughs> I, I admire your <laughs> assiduity. <laughs> I should give you three. Ooh. Three <laughs> points for Miss Morris there for hitting the nail on the mm-hmm. head. I believe, as I was about to say before I was rudely interrupted. It wasn't rude. It was just right. All of, you've done it again. <laughs> oh, God. All of my family came from Whitechapel during the Jack the Ripper murders. They lived down those streets. Mm-hmm. So I do have a close affinity to this case i'm led to believe the only reason that i would put a little bit of fly in the ointment here is the fact that jack the ripper allegedly they saw some of his victims actually having a drink with him in the ten bells pub just before they were murdered a couple of the girls were seen drinking in the pub with a gentleman i mean he may not have been involved necessarily mm-hmm. but uh, you can still go to that pub it still exists there's sawdust on the floor and you want to go in there and drink a gin, really, is where you want to be. There's cobblestones, there's gas lighting. It's exactly how you would imagine it to be. But yes, that is true. He believed it was Jane. Hmm. The Ripper and Heather gets herself three. Remarkable gaslight, Strupney points. Doyle created a famous tagline that was later used by the author Ian Fleming to use in his James Bond books. All you have to tell me is what that tagline was. Bearing in mind that Ian Fleming wasn't writing, was barely alive, to be honest. I'm Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. I'm Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Make sure you don't get soap in my eye. (laughs) Don't forget me. 
bitches. Don't remember that line. <laughs> what was that? From Russia with Love? Ah, <laughs> oh, Mr. Bond, I've been expecting you. Bitch. <laughs> bitches. I told you, didn't I, that many years ago, I lived with a German girl and uh, <laughs> she obviously spoke English with a, Great. Ge- with a German accent. Yeah, yeah sure, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this oh. woman boiled cabbage morning, noon, Sausage. night and stunk the house out. Anyway, wish to play a game. I'd get her to feed me lines. And, you uh, play hide the sausage. Not quite. Hide the bratwurst. <laughs> the bratwurst. With the Fraulein. The schnitzel. Trust me, she had a lot of wood outside of her cabin. That's 100%, 100% oh, true. No. That's the euphemism. That's the. Is that an idiom? They use that idiom. Literally <sighs> translated in German to describe big-chested ladies. That is Really? 100% true. But I, I would say to her... I hope you don't expect me to talk. And she'd reply, No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. But mm. she had no idea what this was. No oh. clue. I once got her to say, Where are your papers? And oh, then, nice. And then one day she's like, What are these papers you keep asking me for? Why do you keep asking me for papers? And then to explain about the Second World War. <laughs> so. Shall I tell you what my favorite Bond line is? Well, you're going to tell me whether I want it or not, aren't you? Pretty much. But you can help me with this. The don't get soap in my eye. I just said that. Not more than one minute ago. I know. But, but you like that. that's my favourite. My eye. Yes, he's being bathed, isn't he, by lots of Japanese lots women. Of women. That's the one with the volcano and the rocket in it. I oh, love Donald it. Pleasance with the scar running down his face. I love it. I hope you don't get soap in my eye. I love it. My favourite Sean Connery, if I'm allowed to embrace the idea. Highlander. Do it. Highlander. (gasps) You have the manners of a goat and you smell like a dung here. Right. I love it. Okay, that's all right. Lots of different places. Fantastic. This doesn't get us any closer (laughs) to the questions, though, does it? Not really. Doyle created a tagline which was then used by James Bond. Any thoughts, any ideas other than... Didn't I say it already? Yes, Holmes, Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Michelle. Shaken, not stirred. Shaken, not stirred. (laughs) You're laughing. These are great answers. (laughs) He did a little drawing. When he graduated as a Master of Surgery with his degree, he did a little sketch in his diary and underneath it because he just qualified to be a surgeon, right? And underneath, do you want to know what he wrote underneath that cartoon Go of himself on. with his degree certificate from the as a master of surgeon? He thought it would be funny to write the line "License to Kill." Oh. And that was then used by Ian Fleming in his books for James Bond. That's, That's only joy. one film. No, he's licensed to kill. He's 007, licensed to kill. It's mentioned in every single episode. Was that a film? film. It was also a film, yes. Got a license to kill. Was that was uh, Timothy Dalton? When did it, it start? Timothy Dalton? The one with the tank. Um, no, that was Goldeneye, I believe. Although I don't recognize scene. anything pre Roger Moore and the car going under the water. I don't. The Lotus. Yeah. That was. Uh, I can't remember. Live and Let Die. No, that was seventy-four. Who knows? But you're not getting it right. <laughs> He also popularised. The trouble is, there's so many James Bond films. It's like they've all been merged into one, haven't they? Just like that's 30. the one I remember. You remember that, did you? With yeah. Barbara Bach, 
And the car going under. She was oh, married to Ringo. Girl. Yeah. Ringo. Ringo. Wasn't she the Ringo sister did. of Catherine Bach who played Daisy Duke? Is that right? Probably, I yes. I think that's probably the case. He also popularised, by the way, dinosaurs before dinosaurs even had a name. So he wrote a book about dinosaurs before dinosaurs were given the name of dinosaurs, and it was The Lost World. That was based on Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park would not have happened if it wasn't for Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I don't believe it. He was also friends with Houdini. There was an occasion where they walked into a tea shop. Can you imagine now? A tea shop, and suddenly there's Houdini and Arthur Conan Doyle sitting at the same table, sipping a cup of tea and eating crumpets. I can top that. A short, stocky Scotsman and an Austro-Hungarian. I can top you. You can. But not until the ghosts... Not section. until the ghost section. Well, you're going to oh. have to wait and stop interrupting me is what needs to take place at this moment. Now, so Arthur Conan Doyle was obsessed with seances. He genuinely believed you could talk to ghosts. This is a paranormal show. He mm-hmm. forced, almost against his will, Houdini to go to a seance. So Houdini's at the seance. He's with Sir yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle. So Arthur Conan Doyle's wife claimed that Houdini's mother came through. Oh. And then she wrote a long letter to Houdini yep. from his mother. And she presented it to Houdini, who then said the whole thing was bunk. The whole thing was made up. He didn't believe in it because his mother was Hungarian and didn't speak a word of English. Haven't we had conversations on this show where we go to foreign countries or we speak to Germans, Italians, to the French and on the ghost box? You've seen the shows where they go to Transylvania, they go to Dracula's castle and everyone's coming through in perfect English rather than ancient Ottoman Empire Turkish, Austro-Hungarian languages. I've spoke Japanese before. That is true, but yes. you had drank a lot of sake at the time. No, I didn't. You were becoming Japanese through okay. osmosis. We had an investigation in Pipestone. Yes, we did. At and the museum. I spoke Japanese and I didn't know it. Yes, you spoke Japanese but don't know any Japanese. And it came out as a sentence. Do you remember what that sentence was? Not really. Something about the devil sets you uh, free. Speak of the devil and he mm. will appear. That's the sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then we found out it was the textiles room in the county museum. And they had a lot of Japanese artifacts that were brought back from the Second World War. That's as trophies yep. by the American soldiers mm-hmm. from Pipestone yeah. that served in the army during the Second World War. Doing freaky. very well on the points, yeah. Miss Morris. You've scored yourself a rather remarkable three. Now on Ooh. this day, in 1803... The first ever U.S. public library was opened. Ooh. Name a city. Chicago. Where did that happen? Where was the first ever library? Chicago. Nope. Philly. Nope. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, God. oh God. Boston. It was Connecticut. So oh. for the very first time in the history of MQTA radio. I cannot believe that strange, bizarre and fascinating facts about libraries. No. What's wrong with libraries? You're talking to an author here, by the way, and we have just did a whole section on Sir Arthur. God dang it. No. <laughs> Not the Books library. Books are just something... Let me readjust my helmet. I will tell you... <laughs> I, I, I did the same thing, oddly enough. Oh, God. It's now on the left. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I find libraries very relaxing. I love them. You know, every time I go to the library, though, like 10 minutes later, I need a bowel movement. It just relaxes me up. It gets me in the mood to evacuate. Good Gross. God. You know what I mean? It just loosens everything up. If I'm 
not been for a few days. <sighs> and I'm, you know, and I'm no. prayer- Just go to a library. The library yeah. sees me regular. It'll see library me. laxative. Stop yes, it. if you see me visit the restroom the in the library, go in there after me. The Canary would be my advice. Mm-hmm. The most overdue library book in the history of the world ever and ever, Amen, was returned after how many? 122 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but yes, that's it. It's a freaking answer. (laughs) Damn you in your ways. Just write it. Just write it down. (laughs) You cheating bastard. No, is it? Muppet. Is it? Yes. (laughs) There has to be. There has to be. The level of cheating in this room is out. Do you I want to go higher or lower, Michelle? Where are you going? 122. Okay, 122. I wish I could cheat. Thank you. You wish you could cheat? I've got an idea. It's happening already. Natural. Yes. The oldest book ever to be returned anywhere in the world came back. After being taken out for 122 <laughs> years, you are such a cheater. How could I cheat? How could you cheat? Well, explain I've that to drinking, me. I've been drinking, not paying attention explain to your notes. Explain to me how that just happened. I don't know. Because you've been rough and terrible on everything that's happened so far. Rough <laughs> and terrible. And the moment you get to guess the number, you're there for money. <laughs> Do you want I details, should, or you're still gonna sit there all smug, the like you can also do your own plumbing? Oh, good God! <laughs> you don't even get a go, I'm afraid. It's She's okay. gonna want more points now. <gasps> There's no stopping her. I know. I'm gonna have to I take my breathe. notes with me. I can't breathe. You're gonna snort. <sighs> no. Camden Camden School of Arts Lending Library in Australia. And it was the first edition of Charles Dickens' Insectivorous <laughs> Plants, checked out in 1889. <laughs> they found it in amongst the professor's books many, many years later, of course. They gave it back to the library because it had a stamp in it, and it was 122 <laughs> years. First edition. Overdue. Wow. It was. Oh. Apparently, they also had some books on Houdini, but they disappeared. Oh, yes. Good times. <gasps> I didn't know that. No, what, of course you didn't. <laughs> Just a wild stab in the dark. I didn't. You rolled the dice, you spread your chips, you hit it on the head. 122, I can't believe that. That was an I don't care guess. Really? And she it was on the money. She try that more often. <laughs> I don't even care, man. Yeah. Right. At the Rococo Library in Portugal's Mafra, I've been to Mafra. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not a million miles away from Lisbon. It's a fabulous, fabulous town I would recommend there. But at the Rococo Library in Portugal's Mafra National Palace, they have employed what to eat the bugs that damage all of their books? Really? And the answer's not 120. Where is it at? It's in Portugal, in Mafra by Lisbon. Where's Mafra? Near Lisbon, where Madonna lives at the moment. Where's Lisbon? Lisbon is the capital of Portugal. It's down Where's in the Portugal? south. It's the little bit. It's the Iberian Peninsula on the side of Spain. It's Spain, huh? Spain. I would say an anteater. They've employed an anteater, as opposed to an orangutan in the Terry Pratchett novels. It's the orangutans that are the librarians. 
that leaves you a lot of the animal world is uh, a natural predator of course if bugs is your anteater they're going to let anteaters loose are they at night time awesome untethered in the library to get up to all kinds of shenanigans yes michelle pick an animal a bird Ooh, you're not a million miles away but it's not a bird a bat there you go. I've given you a couple of points. You shall have two points wherever you go. They employ bats at night time to eat all the bugs. Nice. They sleep behind the bookcases at night and in the morning. How do you say employ? Because that would mean paying. Well, they obviously uh, get food and lodgings, so I'd say they're getting paid pretty <laughs> well. What type of food? I like the bugs. idea that in the middle of the night, the bats are reading all the books and are yeah. becoming... Yeah vast wealth of knowledge that they're one day going to take over. And then they get money for guano. Well, they don't mind cleaning that up in the morning because they're eating all the bugs that will be gnawing their way through all of the books. That's a small price to pay for having your priceless collection of rare books looked after. Do you Mm. want to know how I know about guano? Oh, God. Wow. Ace Ventura. So you've done proper research then. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bother reading the book. Wait until the film comes out. I'm not going to see George the Third because I haven't seen George One and George Two. Right. Now I want you to brace yourself for the best oh, joke. Oh God! In seven years, I'm about to present to you the best joke that you'll ever see, ever mm. presented on MQTA. Have you girdled your loins? Yeah. Have no. you braced yourself? Mm-hmm. Hold on tight. Yeah. I saw Batman-themed shampoo at the local grocery store, and my first thought was, why aren't they selling conditioner, Gordon? No, I can't do the wind. I'm laughing. I can't do the wind either. No, you've been banned from wind. Thank you, Michelle. Conditioner Gordon. My favourite joke. Just one outside of the Philip Block joke in the history of MQTA. Now, not all libraries are famous for books, of course. What smelly items does the Osmotech Library in Versailles house? Versailles. Hmm. In France, Osmotech? Osmotech Library in Versailles. They have smelly items yeah. in their library. Not all libraries contain books. I would have to say something to do with the news. Well, you're suggesting that something smelly has something to do with the nose. Yeah, like that's phenomenal. Order. You're on a roll. Um, armpit odor. Uh, it's a library flowers. of armpit odor. I always wanted to smell those and the corpse flower. And you're getting that to take out, are you, for two weeks? And if you don't bring it back, you're going to get a fine of one Yeah, year. it's something to do with the nose. You are suggesting that something smelly is to do with it's the nose. It's a smell library. It's a smell library. Scratch and sniff. So when yes. I say what smelly item does this library in Versailles house, you're going with something smelly. Yes. Yes, you it houses everything that's smelly. Like farts that smell like bad perm. A bad perm fart. Fart in a jar. I <laughs> witnessed that. Good for you. <laughs> Michelle. No. <laughs> no. What smelly no. items does the Osmotech Library in Versailles house? Cabbage farts. Socks. Socks. Cabbage farts. <laughs> Yes, it's in, only in France would they have a library of cabbage fats. Ah, oui, oui. I fat in your general direction. Ah. Smell of cabbage. It was perfumes and scents. See? It has 3,000... I win. Not really. What smelly items? Something to do with the nose. 
perfumes and scents, 3,200 scents, 400 of them are now longer available. You'd think they'd have something similar in Cologne, wouldn't you? Mm. I've been to Cologne. They have many perfumeries mm -hmm. in there. I want to get onto the mailbag. <gasps> yes. Oh, no. Harry, Harry Elkins. What a nice guy. Harry Elkins. Hello. Perished during the sinking of the Titanic in what year for an extra point? 1929? 1932. You are way too late. It was way before then. 1924. 1923? 1919. You are so well out. It was 1912. It was Edwardian. Oh, so close. Oh. As a result, his mother endowed a library in his honor at harvard and she donated 3300 of his very rare book collection because obviously yes. he didn't need them anymore did he but couldn't students read. well not because he couldn't read no because he, he was, was dead. dead quite dead which means he couldn't read <laughs> no there go was not on. enough doors to go around apparently <laughs> but students can only take out said books if they what this is a great question, isn't it? What? Harry Elkins Widner perished on the Titanic in 1912. His mother bequeathed all of the books to Harvard. You can only take them out if you can do what? Mm. If you're a student, you yes. have to present yourself to prove that you can do something before they will let you take his books out. Be seafaring. Be say. How do you prove your seafaring? Well, you come Float. with an octopus in a jar and... Float on a door. If you can float. <laughs> Barnacles in your beard. If you can float, you can check a book out. Covered in spume. If you can and float. And barnacles. So you've got to prove you can float and you're covered in barnacles. Yes. You've been watching The Lighthouse again, haven't you? Yes. Oh, oh that was a bad movie. I well, loved Michelle it. Michelle thought that was excellent. So we Did have you a conversation really? about that. loved it. Oh, it was so not great. Oh. I'm standing in the middle. I thought Cine I, I think it's a masterpiece. Well, well, I'm pleased that you thought that. Cinematography was fantastic. Every shot. Yes, I agree. Plot was a little odd. I'm not yes, sure. Spilt yes, your I... beans. Oh no! <laughs> but you like me lobster. Me lobster. You loves me lobster. And I don't think they're talking about lobster. Michelle, no. students can only take out books if they can prove what. Bear in mind, this guy They're was They're seafaring. They have an ancestor that was on the Titanic. They can only get a book out if they can prove they can swim. Damn it, I was going to See, I win. Not that swimming's going to help you if you go down on the Titanic, I win. It? Nobody wins. <sighs> Nobody. I'm not even our listeners are winning at this point. Change the last second. The Titanic nominating all passengers for the Ice Bucket Challenge. That was then, <gasps> but this is now as we enter the mailbag. We love the mailbag. We love getting your messages of support. If you wish to write to us, go to Facebook. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. We love reading out your comments. PJ was very chatty this week. Hello. Hello, PJ. He said he watched the Poop Comer episode on oh, YouTube. Oh, God. Yes. If you want a good laugh, it's the best six minutes <sighs> of your life. Go onto YouTube, type in Poop Coma. What did he say? Six minutes of hilarity. One of my all-time favourite moments from MQ. <laughs> T.A. <laughs> Guess what his Poor second guy. one was? Oh, he God. says, this and the story of... What do you think his second favourite moment was? I have no was? idea. It was one of Michelle's classic moments. No! This and the story of the cyclist who got the bike in the butt. <laughs> I don't think it was his butt necessarily, was it? Oh, Michelle God. said another cyclist threw his bike away and burnt it. Yep. 
He then said, I was lying in bed and listening to that. And I began to laugh so hard oh, God. that my wife woke up and kept asking me <laughs> what I was laughing at. Well, now you know. It took me 10 minutes to be able to tell her what it was. That makes me so That's happy. It's got to no. be even funnier, isn't it? That he's laughing so hard that your wife's then saying, what are yeah. you laughing at? Because that makes it funny. You won't stop laughing at that point, will you? No. You can be just like PJ and you can catch us first <laughs> at 10pm Central Time. On a Friday night, all you need to do is to go to digistreamglobal.com and you will find us on there. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world, all across all of our platforms added together. Louise has posted, I enjoyed the madness oh. of season four on Digistream. Congratulations. Nice. Thank, Thank you. you. We're going to mention Lisa a little bit more in a minute, but Lisa has posted congratulations on the great start of series four and congratulations on the book. Love everything you Thank you do. so much. Thanks. And Lisa Thank and John you. are great patrons yes. of the show. Would you like to explain very briefly, Miss Morris, how people can donate to the show and what they get for their single dollar? You haven't prepared me. I don't know. Well, you've done it every day. <laughs> We've had a show for the last eight years on Patreon. You can pay a single dollar. I tell you what, I'll carry on talking and you carry on drinking. You can come on to Patreon and you can donate a dollar or whatever you wish. And you can access some of our super splendid episodes that have never been aired on any platform, as well as some videos, some nice short stories that Adrian has authored and then we have acted out on a theatrical platform which is amazing hello we are now waving we have a camera running in the studio and we post videos of us we're very good looking people let's not Mm. beat around the bush well and uh, (laughs) right let's beat around the bush (laughs) yeah i can't talk for the women we should bring a bush (laughs) next week good looking (laughs) what's moses gonna say what nathan (laughs) we are waving at the video camera if you pay a single dollar you can watch us on video and uh that's right. We're very good-looking people. You can access episodes that have never been aired before, and there will be more forthcoming just for you. Now, for the sake of alacrity, by the way, we're a non-profit radio station. We yeah? are very <laughs> non-profit. Your, your, your money literally goes towards the show. All of the platforms <laughs> that we are on cost money, and we don't make any money here. Catherine posted on our wall, I got pulled over, pulled over, Pulled over. Sound like me mother. I got pulled over in the HOV lane for driving alone. I said due to social distancing, my passenger was in the car behind me. Nice. Oh, nice, nice gathering. Would you like to describe where people can find us in our archives for free? You can find us on SoundCloud, or you can actually access us almost anywhere you access the internet. As far as Spotify... Player FM, Hedgehog, yeah, Hedgehog, Stream, you in a uh, Bean Sprout, Brussels Sprout. You know what? If you can't find us, just contact us on more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, and we will respond and we will tell you where to find us. I have a Twitter account. You can write to us also on Adrian underscore Lee underscore Tips. That's T I P S for the International Paranormal Society. You have so many videos on YouTube. Just search for MQTA Radio. 
Adrian Lee. Everything will be there for you. And you can see us messing around in the studio. I have many books out. This isn't my day job, believe it or not. But I am an author. I've written the books Mysterious Minnesota, Mysterious Midwest, How to Be a Christian Psychic, books on UFOs, so much more. They're all available on Amazon, all ebook stores, and in your local bookshops. If you wish to purchase those, I would be very grateful. And if you've bought any of my books in the past, please leave me a nice review on Amazon. If you didn't like them, then don't write anything at all. Nothing. We've been very, very lucky this week. I feel like it's Christmas. Sitting to my right is literally a leaning tower of pizza of cardboard boxes. Pizza? That's right. We have pizza. Ooh. I'm going to go through all of the yeah. presents we have been sent. Oh so I'm going to lean back in my chair, so bear with me. All right. Go on. This first box, and this is being shown on the camera, of course. This comes from Deanna. Good Patreon. Thank support you. Support and follow. This was so you. well put together. This is amazing. <gasps> oh. They've got our names on them. What? Michelle, that's yours. Your name's on that. Would you like Yoda! to Yoda! I love you him. Chupa Chups. Thank you. You have Chewy. Chupa Chups. Chewbacca. And a fabulous bracelet, Miss Morris. Oh, I should put that thank on Thank you, Deanna. I have thank Darth you. Vader. It's a, what would you describe that? A sucker kind of. It's Darth Vader, and I'm sure you put the sucker in there. And yeah. there's a little head. You are that. the sucker. Three lollipops, assorted flavours. <laughs> and I've got a bracelet. This oh, will impress you, ladies. There is a bar of chocolate here. Is that for me? Got, it's got your name on it with Michelle. It's Guinness chocolate. <gasps> oh, that's oh. me and Michelle. Give it to us. Now, there is a packet here. Slauncher. I'm taking this out of the wrapping. Putting on the bracelet, Oh, dear Deanna, God. Just so there you know. we go. Would you like Deanna. to read I love it. what that is? What okay. has she sent Deanna, us there? Deanna, look, look. I got the bracelet on, Deanna. Look, We've look. We've got um, Pop Rocks. Jubin, 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 jubin. Yeah, it is. Jubin, jubin. Na, 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 na. Na 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 For those of you that don't know what jubes are, they're Japanese candy, they're coconut oh, squares, God. they're tasting of no, strawberry. It's all gonna go down here. And uh, they give us a really bad reaction actually. Yeah. Is that next week's show? <laughs> I'm tempted to leave it on there until next week's show because we could have them at the beginning of the show and see what happens. Please. At the end. Because otherwise, yes, I run Turn blocks the topless. Here they are. Return yeah. of the Jews. Yes, I am. We need a duck tape. Return of the Jews. Yeah, so thank you, Deanna. There's lots of chewy things. There's a little box of uh, critters in there. There's all <gasps> kinds of candy. Oh, yes, I love candy. Twin bean caramel. I've got I love a nice that little too. hematite bracelet. Everything I love that too. Fabulous. So thank mine. you for that. Now there's more. There is oh, more. Boy. We'll do the Jews next week. Over my right shoulder, I have an envelope. Oh, this was no. Laurel, so thank you, Laurel. In Hello, here, Laurel. Thank you. We have <gasps> marshmallow <gasps> blasters. Sheep's marshmallows. Mine. Up to 30 feet. Mine. She Look meant it for me. I Give think it to me. We need to get the marshmallows out next week. Do it. And me. we'll have marshmallow wars. I'm showing that to the camera as we speak. Me? So appreciate that, Laurel. That is he won't give fantastic. it to me. Fantastic. We'll have one each. Me? And then we'll have Marshmallow Wars, is what's mm. going to take place. But so we, can you put anything else but marshmallows in it? I have no idea. I'm sure we could squeeze all kinds of me? strange things into there. But it shoots them 30 mm. feet. Me? Bearing in mind you're only five foot away from me. That's going to sting, I would suggest. Especially when I he use... He won't uh, give it to me. We've all got one each. Laurel, I appreciate that. Now we've got a huge, huge uh -oh. parcel back here. Let me, oh let me grab word. it. Oh, my word. It says yum, Super Yum Box. Super what is yum that? Super Yum Box. 
Now, this came from John and Lisa. Oh, God. To congratulate us. Oh. Love you, Lisa. Love we you, John. Love on our you. first episode of season four on the Digistream <gasps> Global Network. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Big Ben. What is it? Big ben. I have a box. This is almost like a United Nations Red Cross food parcel. It is crammed full of British food. Oh. Where's mine? I have hula hoops. I have, would you like a piece of fudge? There's yeah. fudge. There's potato chips. Oh, I've got all kinds of toffee flapjacks. It's just a huge box of potato chips, shortbread. Give me anything. The most incredible and fantastic. I'm in the things. corner. I'm monitoring everybody's audio levels. I think I'll turn them down because they won't give me nothing. Michelle and Adrian won't give me nothing, and they're talking about all the wonderful food that they have, and I have nothing in the corner. Just letting you know. She's going to be happy now, because in the corner of that very box, Miss Morris, yes, there are four bottles of white wine and four bottles of red wine. Are Thank you bringing you them Jesus. to me? So I get potato chips. Pass those along, Michelle. Those are for me. I love red. Pomegranate and red. And yes, also that's for me. Lots of fantastic Must have. foreign chocolates. <laughs> I love you, John and Lisa. You think of me so often. Oh. So the ladies get alcohol, You're my best friend. and I get potato chips, which I makes me very you. happy. My best friend you are. That is so generous. So Deanna, Laurel, Lisa Cheers. and John will jump into the tubes next week and make a full episode of Madness. Mm. I love it. We'll and wait we till next week. Really appreciate that. Michelle's on two. I'm yet to score. Heather's on six. I bet we've probably only got five minutes left. But we're going to run into the round that we call. Ten. Ten You've whole minutes. Ten. I've got ten whole minutes. Go. To do the paranormal. Remember, we don't do orbs. No orbs. Truth behind snap of Britain's sexiest ghost who haunts a museum in a low-cut top. Looks like me. A ghastly. <laughs> a ghastly. Ghastly. Photograph. Not that part. <laughs> a ghastly photograph that appeared to show a sultry spectral siren. Wearing a low-cut top in a dimly lit talkie museum has been dubbed Britain's sexiest ghost. In the half-light, it shows a pretty woman in the style of a serving wrench. Wrench? wrench. That's what it says. I've never been called a wrench before. I swear to God. <laughs> it says a serving wrench. Surely, surely that should be some sort of serving spanner. As it appeared beside a fire in the old Devon farmhouse exhibit from 300 years ago, the girl also seemed to be rising from the floor and cast her eyes down towards the light. She was captured in a snap during a ghost-hunting night at the museum event, organised by paranormal investigators who insisted that no one else was in the room at the time. The apparent spectre appeared during a spate of ghostly goings-on, Fingerprints were discovered on the inside of a locked mummy's case. The Agatha Christie books were seen on CCTV, mysteriously flying off bookshelves, and the 300-year-old crib rocked on its own. It drew the attention of paranormal investigators from around the world, and eventually one of the researchers, Hayley Stevens, came to Torquay to carry out her own in-depth visit, and she has come up with a theory of her own. Museum spokesman Cole Smith told the Herald Express it appears to be a woman, and from the angle of the photograph it looks like she is submerged into the floor, almost like she is below floor level. We were very excited about the picture as we were taking photographs all over the place, and it wasn't until afterwards when we examined them more closely that we noticed it, which was very spooky. There was no one else present when the photo was taken, 
so we are at a loss to explain it. It is a bit of a mystery, and there seems to be no other explanation. Carl added, most of the equipment in the old farmhouse was left to us by a benefactor, and the oldest chair in the collection has been dated at around 300 years old. All of the furniture and equipment has had lots of human interaction, and maybe this is where the energy has come from. So a voluptuous, chesty ghost had a lot of human interaction on all of the furniture and equipment, apparently. Ghost in low-cut top, or when will the madness stop? Go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, and you can see the ghostly, busty ghost for yourself. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghost and Hauntings? Something that's a bit topical. Ooh. Are you ready? I'm ready for topical. The writer and actor is certainly no stranger to the unexplained, and neither, it turns out, is his family. Which means Dan Aykroyd on a new show, <gasps> Hotel Paranormal. Oh, Hotel yeah. Paranormal. Because and hotels and paranormal have never been done before. As co-writer and cast member of the hit 1984 supernatural comedy Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd has always been associated with the subject of ghosts. However, what isn't as well known is that behind the scenes, his connection with the paranormal are even more significant than they are on screen. And you've actually interviewed him, haven't you? That is true. I have actually interviewed Dan Aykroyd, 100% true. Very nice man. His own family has a long history with spiritualism, including his great-grandfather, a spiritualist who once corresponded with Sherlock Holmes creator Sir Arthur Conan Doyle on the subject. See? Told you topical. But it all came through in Hungarian. We need a Hungarian phrase book. This is what's required. I couldn't do it. I do not buy this record. It is scratched. <laughs> Come to my auntie's party. Ackroyd himself was exposed to stories of the explained from a young age, having grown up in an old farmhouse that had seen more than its fair share of paranormal occurrences. My mother said she saw ancestors at the foot of my bed when I was an infant, he said. There's residual energy of living beings that used to live here. I think. What does that mean? I think. I know. At Maybe. some point you're going to have to embrace thinking. You realize this. His father, who still lives at the farmhouse, wrote a book entitled A History of Ghosts, which I should probably buy because I bet I'd be interested He's actually 98, Dan Aykroyd's father. Yes. And he's in the room where his dad had passed away and his great-grandfather had passed away in the old farmhouse right now, and he loves spending his days there. Aykroyd's latest foray in the unknown is as narrator of the new T&E documentary series, Hotel Paranormal. I might have to watch it. Welcome to the Hotel Paranormal. Which documents hotel guests who have had paranormal experiences. It's done sympathetically, not for exploitation. The producers and directors come at it in the view of, boy, these people really want and went through something. Hmm. 
and it helps people to come out and not be thought of as crazy the warm smell of colitis there are some of us out there many of us just as we did in ghostbusters who've said we're ready to believe you <laughs> so get it off your chest we don't think you're crazy fantastic there we mm. go if you wish to see the story for yourself in full go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee michelle squeeze oh. one in nice and quickly for me a reddit user has freaked out the internet after recording creepy sounds coming from their attic where they claim they once played with a ouija board the spooky video posted earlier this week seems to show knocking coming from the ceiling in the person's house they carry on for several seconds before the video falls silent. The uploader explained the chilling backstory in the caption. I've been hearing knocking in the attic. I used a Ouija board my first year of high school. Five years ago. <laughs> my first year of high school five years ago? Yeah. How old would that make them? Eight? Nine? <laughs> uh, Young. It's only heard in my room where the board was used, despite the attic covering much of the house. We've checked for critters, and our attic is totally clear. Has this happened to anyone else before? For believers in ghosts and the paranormal, Ouija boards allow participants to communicate with the dead. Countless Hollywood horrors and best-selling novels have developed the idea that the board game can welcome in malevolent forces and bring terror to those who use it. Viewers flock to the comments section to suggest possible explanations for the sounds. Some believe there was a paranormal reason behind the noise. You should not play that board, one said. You are welcoming in spirits that could negatively affect you and have no power to remove them. Creepy. You opened a door. Big mistake. You need to see someone who can help you remove it. But many other viewers suggested there was a more rational explanation. One skeptic wrote, double-check that there are no hot water or central heating pipes up there. They can sometimes knock a bit like that when they're expanding or contracting. Wow. While another said, that's a vent for a restroom fan. Heard it a thousand times. The fan is off and the plastic vent closes and opens as air flows through it naturally. Haunted by an air vent. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us go tonight. Scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery is Michelle, who scored three. She gets an evening in a talkie museum with a chesty ghost, a jar of ectoplasm and an old chair. Oh. I finished second tonight with four points. I get a night in a hotel with Dan Aykroyd and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's ghost and a Hungarian phrasebook. I will not buy this whiskey. It is terrible. terrible. In first place tonight, running away with a nice rounded symmetrical bottom heavy integer of eight is Miss Morris. She gets a night in an attic oh with God. a Ouija board and it's a seven year old girl. No board until you do your homework. <sighs> do not fear listener. Remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and I'd love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show. Feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Remember, if you go to our archives, you get an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show and around that we call Not For Your Mother. It's all the rude bits, the adult nature, the innuendos. So find us on our archives and you will get more 
Bill, my gratitude and gracious thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Michelle Corrie, Chaton Drainer, and all of the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. We're now into the round that we call Not For Your Mother, which means you've come to find us in our archives. So thank you for making the effort. We really appreciate that. Again, we wave at the camera. Hola. The studio. It would really help us on our new platform if you actually told your friends and family about the show. Yes. If you actually invited people onto the MQTA Facebook wall, if you shared it when you listen, all of those things would help us enormously because people now have to come and find us as opposed to randomly finding us when they're listening to a paranormal radio station, yes. I guess, if that makes any sense. But this is the round we call Not For Your Mother. It's the round we cannot read out during the course of the show, because if your mother's of a nervous disposition, if you have small minors in the room, you may want to usher them outside into the spring air. I was thinking, there's only about three and a half to four weeks left. Yeah. Until the summer solstice. Midsummer. The middle days will get shorter after that, Miss Morris. True. You have been warned. These are stories of a more adult nature. Baffled cops using a drone to hunt a suspect discovered the shape of a giant penis ploughed into a field. At least it was not his backyard. Officers stumbled across the rude design, which they see caught them by surprise. Ooh. It's often the large ones in a field that catches you by surprise. Exactly. The Devon and Cornwall Police drone team shared the image online, and it has, unsurprisingly, attracted plenty of interest. If that's your own property, and no one can see it, and no one knows it's there, and the only reason they found it is due to a drone, I'm sure there's nothing they can do about that. That's why he did it. Absolutely. A spokesman for the page said, it's absolutely amazing what you see from the air, and sometimes we're caught a bit off guard. Whilst in West Cornwall, searching for an <laughs> offender <laughs> who recently ran off from the police, we came across this unusual piece of artwork in a field, taking us completely by surprise. Have you seen this? Yeah. It was incredibly well done. Very well done. I mean, normally when you see this kind of thing, and they do the old twig and berries in a field, it's normally a bit rushed. It doesn't look that good. This is a professional job. This is The lines are straight. I mean, it's on the money. Girthy. I'm not impressed. What? You're not impressed? It stretches half an acre. What's going to impress you? There are no veins, and it's not 3D. It just got planted. It's on grass on a field. What did you think was going to happen? That they show its religion? Veins. You want veins, do you? If anyone's listening who's in the <sighs> agricultural field... I don't. You don't want a vein. <laughs> I once found a vein in my hot dog sausage, if that helps. Oh. Chris Guest wrote on Facebook, the best thing is that someone hasn't just done it randomly. They've actively planned this, procured a grass-cutting apparatus... Grass cutting apparatus would be a lawnmower. A lawnmower? They're yeah. made. This is a pole mower. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Mm-mm. I'm on fire. I love this show. They made their way to the field and gave it a circumcision, if you will. Mm. Clive Wilkins. That's a great name, isn't it? Clive Wilkins. Yeah, Clive. My mate Clive Wilkins down mm. the pub told me. Clive Wilkins. Clive Wilkins says that's just an arrow pointing to where the offender is hiding. Uh-huh. 
Colin Dorrance, not oh. such a great name, joked, must be a hardened criminal. They're coming thick and fast, aren't they? It is not the first time pranksters have got creative with field art. In 2018, residents in a Devon town had a rude awakening after vandals rearranged a huge tour of Britain artwork into another piece of artwork that was rude. The huge bicycle on Capstone Hill in Ilfracombe had the handlebars rearranged to create a giant penis. That wasn't the bicycle they threw away. I was going to say. Amber, what kind of bicycle was this that they managed to rearrange it to make it look like a giant penis? Sounds lame. Sounds very Mm -mm. odd. Wow. Innocent drone or a grassy bone? You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. And you can actually see the cut grass for yourself. Mm. Michelle, what have you got for us tonight in the round of... Wow. <laughs> oh my god! You couldn't wait. Ten I couldn't. Couldn't you make that any bloody noisier? Can you done could under, try under the next table? week. Or have them open ready? Or No. So you thought that it's was the best time? It's just a monster, Luke. You thought this was the best time to open oh. that, did you? You couldn't wait ten minutes. Ten no, minutes. I couldn't. Miss Morris over there supplying the sound effects to <laughs> With monsters. I'm sorry, Michelle. I can only apologise for the rudeness. <laughs> Do continue, madam. An Aussie TV channel whipped up a storm when it was duped into screening an X-rated image of a porn star during coverage of a tornado. Wow. What? Did you see the eye of the tornado? Oh, it was winking. Nice. Yeah. It's like a horse's eye winking at me. I did not know that Australia had tornadoes. Uh, I Until think anywhere now. Anywhere I didn't that's... know Australia had port stars. Oh, they do. I think they, <laughs> I think they do have quite a lot of them. Lots. In fact, I believe I read an article last year with one of their most famous female porn stars. I think her name's Angela White. was planning to be a politician. If my memory serves me right. That happens. Yeah, in Australia, that would definitely happen, yeah. for sure. Yeah. When news in Ballarat, Victoria, had innocently asked its viewers to send in any clips of the Twister they had managed to capture on their mobile phones. Oh, dear. However, cheekily hidden inside one of the clips featured was an outrageous image showing a well-endowed man merged into the clouds. Someone's been active on Photoshop, haven't they? I love this word. Newsreader. Newsreader? (laughs) Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy? (laughs) Whammo! Bruce Roberts clearly had no idea he was at the center of a huge penis prank as he read his report. However, eagle-eyed viewers soon spotted someone had photoshopped an explicit meme into the background to show up in a lightning strike. Nice. That's very clever. That's like a blipver. It's almost subliminal. Yeah. The picture is of a dead porn star named Warty Jobert III. Ew. Yeah. What Warty? The the sec- War- his first name D. is Warty? He goes by Woody, but his Woody. name is Warty. <laughs> Warty. Warty. His uh, warm front was giving everyone a ridge of high pressure. Yes. Mm. And is it an outrageous image which is sweeping the world dubbed the huge penis meme? Win News promptly removed the clip from Facebook, but not before it had been seen thousands of times. Not surprisingly, people were quick to stick the boot in. 
Local news didn't check their sources for last night's storm, one person wrote. Nothing to do in Ballarat except for pranking the news, another added, while another chirped, Mother Nature at its finest. You don't see that every day. Nice. I'm still laughing. Plunging itself into Mother Nature. Yes. If you are not aware of the meme, it features a photo of Wardy, also known as Woody, sitting naked on a bed. Ew. Yeah. And that's Bum, and everything's wow, hanging down. Wow, wow, gross. Like beyond his knees hanging uh, down. No, I don't want Tackleberry. So sexy. Messages claiming to contain breaking news about coronavirus instead link to a picture of him in all his glory. Gross. Mm. Another Ew. Australian photo of Paul? No, that's just the eye of the storm. Gross. Go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian. Not Lee, happy. And you will find that. <laughs> I didn't see the picture. God, it's like a baby's arm holding an apple. Ew. It is. I swear to God, if you make me puke, Heather, I'm so happy right now. No, it's gross. He should have had that hanging from the ceiling of a deli. Cottage cheese. That's right. South Korean football side. <laughs> Are we done? Are we, are we making our own jokes? I'll get you, Butler. I was just making Michelle puke. It was alright. Okay. Well, am I allowed to carry on while you two are running around like no. a couple of kids who's had sunny delight for their afternoon tea? Go on. South Korean football side, FC Seoul. Do you think, are, are Seoul FC the best, do you think? No, no. Are Seoul FC going to win this year, do you think? No. No. Are Seoul FC going to get like, some That's really like good players? That's like third string, isn't it? What? Are Seoul FC going to be the winners? You're our soul. Soul. Nah. Have apologised for filling their stadium with mannequins, which actually turned out to be sex dolls. <laughs> Football has returned from the coronavirus pandemic with not so much of a bang, but more of a whimper. With fans not allowed in the grounds and cardboard cutouts replacing them. Stands are empty, music is played over the PA systems, but no one's cheering and the whole thing has lacked atmosphere. How do they do the wave? They don't. They're mannequins. Oh. To be expected, really. But at least in South Korea, they have seemingly gone all out to create a certain... Seemingly? Semen? Has gone all out to certainly... Put an air to their games. Uh-huh. Website Ew. rt.com say FC Seoul. I, I Seoul, I think, going to win this year. Uh, Seoul. Their stadium with the mannequins ahead of their clash against Guangzhou FC. <laughs> Guangzhou! Gross. <laughs> but eagle-eyed social media users suggested bunk. the dolls in question. Does it bunk? It's bunk. true. This actually took place. There's photographs of it. And but I think it's bunk that they did it. They're in a no, lot of trouble. Not. No, I saw the fake people, so therefore it's bunk. Sorry if you saw them, it isn't bunk, it's real. <laughs> no, fake works. people bunk. Fake people bunk. They're sex dolls. Yes. But eagle-eyed social media <laughs> users suggested the dolls in question had a very different purpose to modeling mm-hmm. clothes. It was claimed the figures were actually life-size sex dolls. They all looked shocked and amazed at the game. I'm sure. Yes. Look at this. Look, I look shocked. Oh! <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Do I look like a shock doll? A little bit. It was claimed. <laughs> she's a very busy woman because I read she's got three working offices. Oh, what? It, it was claimed the figures were actually life-size sex dolls, though how they knew this for <sighs> certain is a little less clear. 
Turns out, however, they were 100% right. How do they know there's only three With FC working? Offices. <laughs> With FC I was just Seoul. questioning. I tell you what, you have a go. I'm done. <laughs> four times I've Could tried there to be read that four? sentence. <sighs> Turns out, however, they were right. With FC Soul <laughs> issuing an apology on Instagram, which they blamed for the supplier mm. mix-up. We ordered spectators, not sex dolls. Oh, please. One fan who spotted God. the blunder before the club said sorry wrote. FC Soul put these mannequin supporters in the stand, which was also tried by Dynamo Breast. They did this as well, apparently. Dynamo, what? There's a club called Dynamo Breast. Seriously? They so put, they were going to have a bunch of like boobs in the fans? Germany? Yes, that's correct. It's a German side. Ah. But there is a strong conviction that these fans are actually sex dolls made by a sex doll company. I hope it's not true. <laughs> but if it is, it'll be a huge shame. Another posted, seriously though, Imagine the thought process involved in filling your stadium with female sex dolls in football kits and thinking that was a good idea. Wow. Take sex dolls up or the Soul FC. I have no idea. I've lost the plot. B cup. B cup. <laughs> C cup. D cup. Yes, my soccer team in Britain has lots of support but no cups. Oh. Miss Morris, what have you got for us finally now in the round of Not Your Mother? Well, it's no secret that sometimes children do the funniest things. Okay. They just can't seem to help themselves. Mummy, this lemonade tastes funny. Capture the moment as you're waiting for the ambulance <laughs> as they've got into the bleach and detergent under the sink on this commemorative plate. From embarrassing their parents to yelling about periods in public to accidentally drawing rude pictures like semen. Or oh, semen. Salmon. But one child might just have taken the crown, and she's gone viral on social media for her efforts. Eight-year-old Jolie Dunn from Los Angeles has written an original song all about buttholes. Nice. Buttholes. Yes, really. The little girl penned a thoughtful track called I Wonder What's Inside Your Butthole and performed it beautifully. For Richard Gere. Her mom, Lisa, posted a clip of a performance on Twitter for all to see, writing, My kid wrote a song called I Wonder What's Inside Your Butthole. Your hole. Your big hole. Five swollen rings, four Quite honestly, girls, three French maids, two turtlenecks. More than six million people. Six million. Why haven't you wrote a song like that, Lee? I have things to do, like writing books and but films and six TV work. Million. I need to write people. a song. Things I found in my bottom. Old MacDonald had a farm. <laughs> have watched the video. Which sees Jolie singing, I wonder what's inside your butthole. Maybe there is astronauts. If I'm Maybe any, uh, there is aliens. What about a bicycle? All inside your butthole. <laughs> what's inside your butthole? I always want to know. Hang on. Look, I it's don't. Steve Martin's career. <gasps> Stop oh, it. God. I love him. Oh. There's Adam will, Sandler's last ten films. I will marry you, Steve Martin. Look, there's I a promise. Friends box set. 
What's a masterpiece, you might ask? Britney Spears, greatest hits. That's not a masterpiece. That's a disaster. Okay. Over 324,000 people also liked the tweet, with many branding the child as a lyrical genius and proclaiming that she deserves a Grammy Award for her hard work. Thank God this eight-year-old is talking about buttholes. At least she's not doing a Ouija board in an attic. Other joked that the song is going to be stuck in their heads for the remainder of lockdown, which could be forever as it's going now. Except for us. With a guy named yeah, Joe saying... We can do anything saying, we want there. Yeah. Hurrah, hurrah. <laughs> it's all over for no. us. You realize I'm going to be singing this by myself it's in quarantine forever or for days. Someone else commented that it was the pandemic anthem. We... Didn't know we needed so bad a one needed. That's what he said. Even a few professional musicians <laughs> shared their thoughts. Haley Williams, is she famous? I don't know. Haley Williams? Replied, suddenly self-conscious about my album because if I'm honest with myself, I will never be this good about talking about my butt. Having a stroke. Yeah, that's one of the first signs, isn't it? (laughs) Creative types like the song so much that a number of different remixes started just popping up everywhere, like this. I love my butthole. I love my butthole. Yeah, that's how it went. Speaking to BuzzFeed, one parent just, who happens to be a singer, said, Zhao Lei will ponder her success for a moment, then ask, did, I don't know who this person is. No, I can't tell. Doja Cat, see it? Who the hell is Doja Cat? Doja Cat? I think We're they're getting a old. popular beat combo. Song <laughs> 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 and dance, man. <laughs> Which is her only barometer for fame. Who the hell is Doja Cat? They've had a number one. I'm looking at you, camera and listeners. I think they Who's say Doja Cat? The song Milf Money. Oh, yeah. Milf Money. Milf Money. Cat Scratch Fever. Nope. No. I think that was, <laughs> I think that was actually Fergie. Oh, God. American rapper Doja Cat. Rap. Don't know who you are. Sorry. Is apparently the little girl's idol. So, fingers crossed. Look at this. I'm crossing my fingers. All. What? I'm surprised you them. still have the motor neurons. Uh, two thumbs. You'll Eight be getting fingers. two thumbs in a minute. <laughs> that she sees the video. The mum added, Chow Lei has always been super performative and the funniest person I've ever known, side Steve Martin, who Adrian is doing uh, sexy things with a blanket with. Uh, Reasons you should watch the video. She is always making up these super songs 
and lyrics are her strong suit. Did you not know that? Apparently, she's a wordsmith. Wait, yeah. I had two pages, now I only have one. See, there is a god. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's her, and she loves... Here. <laughs> you keep laughing. I'll find myself. God damn it. Things I found up my bum. This is the second. Oh, Hold on. Only just begun. Something about a five year old boy and driving for a Lamborghini. Why do comedians Where always finish the hell song? did it go? We're done. The I'm show's over. Hell. It's done. God We're finished. Damn it. It's all over. She sang a song. It was beautiful. Some about what was it about? We're Bung gonna go holes. and make you a very strong butthole. What's in your butthole? Coffee. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I wasn't bothered. I wasn't listening. I don't know about your butthole. Tune in at the same time next time. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for being a patron. I really appreciate that. And we'll see you all again soon. Have a safe evening. Love you. Love Thank you, guys. you. Thank you. Thank you.